Welcome to Voice Power, the podcast all about bringing the power of voice for your business or personal needs. You will hear how voice increases your positivity and creates amazing opportunities. Your host, Earl Thomas, The Voice, will share his vast experience on today's episode. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and writing a review wherever you receive your podcast. Welcome to Voice Power, Episode 8, Season 2. Glad you are here today. Today with my special guest, we will dive into his experience of how his voice created positive experiences in the areas of life coaching, stand-up comedy, improv, and voice acting. Dustin Bruley is highly motivated to help parents who struggle in their relationships with their children and families. Training in the self-sustaining leadership for two years provided experiential courses and workshops. The course provided him essential skills for transforming his daily experience. Firstly, for personal leadership. Secondly, for self-coaching. And thirdly, becoming a certified coach. Dustin is talented in the creative. Voice acting, impressions, dialects, stand-up comedy, improv, acting, drumming, percussion, and puppeteering. He has performed stand-up comedy at college clubs, bars, and restaurants around New England and New York. He is very community-minded, sharing his experience at C.P. Smith Elementary After School Program, teaching students the fundamentals of improvisation and acting. Community awareness is evident for Dustin in raising money for World Central Kitchen, providing freshly prepared meals in the aftermath of disasters across the globe. They are on the ground in Ukraine and outside the border helping refugees right now, helping provide nourishing meals with hope and dignity when they are in their greatest need. All the way from Burlington, Vermont in the United States, it's my pleasure to welcome Dustin Bruley. Welcome, Dustin. How's life in Vermont today? Oh, it's good. It's a beautiful spring day. How's life there, Earl? That's good. It, it's sunny outside. Yeah. At Voice Power, we discover how our voice creates positive experiences. You have a variety of experiences from coaching, stand-up comedy, and voice acting, just to name a few. Why did you get involved in life coaching? I understand you specialize in coaching men and parents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was a new parent, and uh, I like to say that I must have been in the bathroom when they were handing out the manual on the parenting. <laughs> so uh, I had uh, lots of questions and uh, was feeling uh, kind of over my head, <laughs> uh, you know, a little overwhelmed and you know, how to be a parent per se. I hadn't uh, had a lot of childcare experience before that. And I ended up going through this program that was for parents and uh, early childhood educators and learned a lot there. And uh, coaching was part of that program. And so that really turned pretty much every area of my life around. And uh, I was so excited about that that I wanted to pay it forward. So I went through a program. It was about a two-year program to uh, get certified through this uh, accredited coaching program. And uh, yeah, wanted to help all of the other uh, parents out there and uh, especially the dads that 
were kind of uh, lost in the woods a little bit because they're uh, what I found actually from my coaching and from uh, talking to a lot of professionals and uh, child centers, family centers, is that they often will have a program for a family or they'll sometimes have programs for moms, but there's not a lot out there uh, for dads specifically. I wanted to be able to help them and I've been doing parent coaching and co-parent coaching and dad coaching and that's been going really well. Sounds like uh, it's very needed and it's something that you've really enjoyed. Oh yeah, it's very fulfilling at the end of the day to you know, talk to people and, and see the progress, kind of see the, the arc of their journey. And when they tell you how much of a difference you made in their life, that's priceless and way better than any office job. <laughs> what is the biggest challenge in helping your clients find success and solutions? It's kind of different on a case-by-case basis. I don't know if there is one specific thing because it depends on their personal situation. You know, if they're uh, with their child's other parent or single parenting, co-parenting, those can all uh, make a difference. Generally, if I had to kind of pick one big thing that comes up a lot, it would probably be boundaries. Just, you know, setting them, holding them, holding them with love, <laughs> you know, not not being mean about it, but also uh, not being a pushover. Yeah, I guess it's being uh, having good communication about those boundaries. And uh, when boundaries get uh, run over, uh, then I guess it comes time for assertiveness and uh, speaking up. That's That can always be a, a challenge. And probably that's one of the areas you've uh, been working with uh, with your clients. Oh, certainly. Yeah. In, in lots of areas of life, because, you know, people have boundaries with their other parent. They'll have boundaries with their parents from overstepping on their parenting, boundaries with their kids, of course, and even boundaries with themselves so that, you know, when they say something, they do it and, they're not over-promising, but they're also not under-delivering. So, you know, whether it's, you know, losing weight or, par- or uh, parenting or, you know, running a business, uh, you know, you kind of all need some of the same tools. I know that confidentiality is very important. It's very vital. And with keeping that in mind, could you tell us one of your coaching success stories? Oh, yeah. Well, so I, like you said, coach parents and also creatives. Well, one is that uh, not actually a parenting one, but uh, a guy I worked with who I know from uh, comedy, and he's a very talented um, performer, writer, director, and uh, was kind of stuck in this dead-end job, working at this uh, office job, and then not having any time or energy to do the creative projects that really you know, lit him up and fed his soul. And so uh, we worked together for a series of months the time he was done his coaching with me, he had uh, given his notice on his job and he'd gotten uh, some other sources of income to uh, pay the bills. He had a lot more time freed up, a lot more energy available and uh, had started hosting a couple of shows and uh, looking into going to get his MFA. So that was really rewarding. He'd said uh, when we started, he couldn't even see the light at the end of the tunnel. And when we got done, he was almost out of the tunnel. That, that must have been very fulfilling. Uh, uh, what is the MFA? Oh, a uh, Master of Fine Arts is a master's degree. Now, I know you have a history of creative involvement in, in many areas. Could you tell us how you got involved in stand-up comedy? I've been involved in uh, creative endeavors, as you say, or in performing since probably kindergarten, I think was uh, the first time, you know, we had the, the school play and, you know, the, the school concert and those sorts of things. You started um, early. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I come from a long line of performers. My uh, great-grandparents were vaudeville performers. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. My grandparents were in the church choir. And <laughs> um, my mom's a very talented uh, musician. I always loved comedy ever since I was little. You know, I'd watch a Disney cartoon, start watching Robin Williams and watching uh, Whose Lines Anyway, if you've seen that show, which does uh, improv, short form improv. Got to college and was actually kind of shy, but... Uh, found out they had an improv group there that was just open to anyone. And so went just to watch, thinking that I wouldn't, uh, you know, have the, the skills to perform, wouldn't have what it takes. Um, and then after watching once, they were, you know, very kind and, and patient, but kept encouraging me to get up on stage and, and just try it with them, you know, just join in. Uh, it was just a like an open practice. There's nothing to lose. Never looked back and uh, did that for four years. And uh, then after graduating, everyone in my group kind of, you know, scattered and went their own ways to get their own jobs and what have you. And so I didn't have anyone to do improv with, but I still wanted to do comedy. And there was a, a stand-up open mic. So I'd always been interested in that. And so I just started writing jokes that occurred to me. In a notebook and uh, went to the open mic and did five minutes and uh, then did that for several years and had uh, had some success with that. Wow, five minutes that that can seem like a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the wild things about stand up is it really kind of bends your perception of time <laughs> based on the audience. I've had five minute sets that felt like a week. And I've done 20 minutes by myself that went by in a blink of an eye because everyone was just eating it up. So it's really interesting that way. Now you talked about the first time. Uh, I'm wondering about how nervous you were the first time you did the stand up, and how did you get through that set? Uh, well, I was fairly nervous, but because I'd been doing the improv for about four years, I wasn't as nervous because I, you know, had some uh, familiarity with being on stage. The uh, the upside of stand-up as opposed to improv is that everything's written out. You've written out your own jokes. You don't have to just come up with something on the spot. Now, the downside is that you've got to remember all of your jokes and how you wrote them. Uh, so if you uh, go up on a line, it's just like being in a play. and You've got to be able to, to improvise in that point or else uh, you're kind of sunk. So I had a, a little kind of set list you know, musicians have set lists. We're going to play this song, this song, this song. So I'd made one of those with my jokes. I just kind of labeled all my jokes and said, I'm going to tell this joke and this joke and this joke. So I didn't have them written out. I just had the titles to remind me which jokes to do in which order. And I understand you've done colleges, clubs, bars, and restaurants. That was in New England and the New York area. And I'm just wondering what the difference is in between those different venues what's what's the chemistry like of the audiences and stuff yeah so so very different um you know obviously if you're doing some sort of family friendly event it's different than like a, a cabaret where everyone's drinking <laughs> um, so you kind of have to know the audience and uh, tailor your material accordingly um because if you start doing the wrong material for the wrong crowd it's not really going to go too well Bars work well for stand-up, but restaurants do not. <laughs> I've done a stand-up show in a restaurant before, and everyone was just kind of staring at me like, why are you interrupting my meal? 
Now, I understand you taught elementary students improv and acting. That was a lot of fun. That was almost too much fun. <laughs> um, yeah, just kind of seeing them because there's like uh, boundaries that they're putting on themselves. Not not the sort of boundaries we were talking about before, but you know, you can put like a governor on on things to restrict things. And they don't have that at that point. You know, they're just being free and open and silly. They like playing. Uh, they're not being self-conscious. And so that was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, occasionally you'd get one kid that just wanted to say poop for every suggestion or every line. But, uh, you know, some of them were, were really into it and really wanted to make the most of it. And uh, even after that was done, I would see them in the community sometimes and they'd come up to me and, you know, say thank you with introducing to their parents. So that was cool. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm wondering what content did you use? Like what types of subjects? What did you cover? Well, I did mostly improv uh, and um, mostly short form improv, not to get into the weeds too much about improv, but there's short form and long form. Short form is the, the games that you see on Whose Lines anyway. Did a lot of that and then also did some puppetry because uh, among all of my other varied <laughs> creative endeavors, I worked for a puppet company for a while, for a few years, uh, touring around the Northeast as a puppeteer putting on shows uh, all over the place, libraries and schools and theaters, also taught workshops. So I incorporated some of that into there as well. So they got uh, some improv, some acting and some puppetry. I understand when you were in LA that uh, you were in voice acting. What was your experience in voice acting in Los Angeles? Um, it, was, it was good. <laughs> I was out there for uh, about four years and I had a voiceover agent and a commercial agent email me auditions. And then for the commercial ones, I'd go in person. The voiceover ones, I could just record from home on my laptop with my uh, recording setup and edit them myself before I submitted them. Had some, some few uh, small things, didn't book anything big, but had some big auditions. So that was uh, really exciting just to be uh, included in the audition round for some of those big projects. What were some of your big auditions? Um, some of the cartoons that uh, they've been kind of rebooting, like uh, DuckTales, Muppet Babies, Darkwing Duck, uh, some of those um, were cool. And that was great because I grew up watching those. So it was very exciting for me to be able to uh, audition for them. Now, good on you, uh, Dustin, in the raising of funds for World Central Kitchen. I'm wondering, how is that going, and especially in the Ukraine? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, mentioning that. So uh, for anyone who isn't familiar with it, World Central Kitchen is a, a nonprofit that goes around the world to sites of uh, war, natural disasters, things like that, where there's a lot of refugees, and they just set up a kitchen, and they have uh, some chefs they were started by chefs. So they have other chefs that work there. It's, you know, kind of like doctors without borders, but chefs without borders. <laughs> so they, they will go and make really good food for uh, these people that um, are going through some really hard times and, you know, are homeless and uh, dealing with all this trauma. And so uh, right now they're uh, set up uh, on the border right outside of Ukraine at, uh, I think, four different locations in a few different countries. Um, because there's different routes that uh, refugees are taking. Some of my coaching colleagues and I uh, were raising money. The link's still active uh, to uh, do that if anyone's interested. They can uh, find my Facebook page to find the link for that specifically, or they can just go to World Central Kitchen and uh, donate to them directly. 
but yeah, we collectively, um, we had a few teams we broke into overall raised, um, almost $30,000. Oh, and, good. Yeah. And in my team specifically raised, uh, I want to say around 9,000 last time I checked. Well, you know, we can put it in the show notes, your Facebook link for the, uh, for the world, what's it called? World Central Kitchen. So you just yeah. forward that to me, me later. I think that's great that uh, uh, your community mindedness, variety of uh, expertise and experiences, you really bring a lot to voice power. I'm wondering right now, uh, do you have an offer for my listeners? Yeah, yeah. For all of your listeners, I would love to uh, be able to talk with them and uh, see uh, how I can help them. Uh, they can go to my calendar link, which, uh, again, I know you said you put in the show notes, but for anyone who's listening, uh, it's www.talkwithdustin.com. Talkwithdustin.com. Dustin is uh, like Dustin Hoffman, D-U-S-T-I-N. So talkwithdustin.com. And then they'll be able to uh, book some time on my calendar for a complimentary session together. Uh, we'll take about an hour and find out kind of where they are, where they want to be. We'll create a crystal clear vision for them about what that looks like. We'll uncover any hidden challenges that may be sabotaging them up until now to reach that point. Whether we go forward from there, I promise that they will uh, leave the session renewed, re-energized, and inspired. That's wonderful, uh, Dustin. I'm really grateful uh, for you offering that. And I've really had a good time uh, talking with you all the way there in Vermont. Thanks for connecting with me. And I'm wishing you a fantastic day. Yeah, thanks. You too. I look forward to uh, staying in touch. Thanks for tuning into Voice Power and subscribing and writing a review wherever you receive your podcast. Voice Power is the podcast that keeps you informed on how voiceovers improve your business and personal life. Earl Thomas, The Voice, thanks you for joining him today. Have yourself a wonderful day, and we look forward to you joining us next time.